Welcome to the Caribbean Property Investing Podcast, where we share real-life experiences for successful Caribbean property entrepreneurs. Learn about their successes, challenges, and strategies to help you create your plan for financial freedom. Now let's get started. Welcome to episode one of Caribbean Property Investing Podcast. Uh, my name is Anselm Mathfair from St. Lucia. And I want to thank you for coming on this journey with us. Um, where did the idea for this podcast come from? Um, I'm 47 years old and I've been investing in property for the last 16 years. Um, and the things I've learned um, I just felt that everyone interested in having a better quality of life, everyone interested in getting financial freedom um, should know. Um, and the things that I wish that I was taught earlier, I'm just trying to share. I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. And all I'm trying to do is share some of my uh, discoveries, share some of my mistakes, with the hope that it will inspire and help others. Um, my first investment property was uh, my, my home uh, with my late wife. And it was a 3,200 square feet house, uh, three floors. We lived in the two, the middle and the upper floor. And the ground floor was supposed to be, you know, my man cave with, you know, peaks around sound, huge speakers, big screen TV, pool table, the works. Um, at the time, my daughter was less than a year. My first child, we have a, a son. So my daughter is now 16 and my son is 13. Um, but a very good friend of mine said to me, why, why do you need to use that space as a man cave? I said, what do you mean? I work hard and I come home, I want to have my own sanctuary. And have some 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 peace of mind where I can just go away, you know, get away and veg. With no disturbances, even though I have a small child in the house, by the way. Um, and he said, You must be mad. You know, this is something that Americans do. This man cave concept is not for Caribbean people. You know, it's a luxury that we can't afford. Of course, I didn't agree with him. Uh, but I listened. And he told me what I should do is put an apartment um, on the ground floor. We lived on a slope um, and that was his idea. So I said, okay, let me go to the bank. At the time, the mortgage was about uh, $6,000. Uh, we were paying an extra $1,000. So it's $5,000 paying an extra $1,000 on about $650,000 for the bill. Um, the estimate for the apartment downstairs and we would add a pool was $100,000. I remember going to the bank and asking you know, how much more would $100,000 cost per month? And it turns out it was going to be less than $100, like $69 a month. Something didn't sit right. So I said, asking, well, okay, so if it's only $69 a month, I'm going to be paying more. How much will I be paying for the entire mortgage? There was some reluctance, you know, by the account manager in the bank to tell me what's my full amortized payout to the bank over 20, 25 years. In the end, 
it turned out that I would pay in the bank, we would be paying the bank about three times, three times the cost of the mortgage, three to four times the cost of the mortgage. So on $600,000, $700,000, now that we added $100,000 for the downstairs apartment, we'll be paying something like $2.1 million. And I'm not an accountant, I went to business school, but I never thought about the actual amount of money we'll be paying at the end. Because you're so excited, it's your first home, you're married, you know, you want this house with a view and, and I started thinking, something went off in my brain. My brain started going really berserk when I found out that I'll be paying you more than two million EC dollars. So I said, but if I'm paying you more than two million EC dollars, Eastern Caribbean dollars, it means that I'm earning more than two million Eastern Caribbean dollars. And if I'm earning that amount of money, why should I be giving it to a financial institution. Um, and then something went off in my brain. I, I started reading books. I read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. And it's a popular book by almost a staple book for almost all property investors all over the world. And the general concept is that you make your, you don't, you don't, you, 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 you build assets to bring back cash to you. Um, you know, a home is not an asset, it's a liability. And just kind of reorient your brain for you to move from one quadrant where you are an employee to become an investor. Um, that book changed my life, you know, changed the, the mind of, of my little wife, who's my partner at the time. And um, I never looked back. So we went ahead, built the apartment and the pool for $100,000. And within six months of my new you know six thousand plus mortgage i was getting almost 50 percent of it paid off by a tenant downstairs not intrusive went down the hill at separate parking separate entrances i never saw them i got interested right away because there you are living where you're living happy where you're living and you have someone paying up to 50 percent of your mortgage I was always buying buying land. Um, and looking back, as I developed, it was maybe not the best idea because when you have three or four pieces of land that you're probably paying a mortgage for, at one time I think I had something like four or five mortgages, you're really just dishing out cash. And what I've learned since then is actually you buy one piece of land, you put something on it, you make it pay for itself, then you go to the next. But this podcast is going to introduce us to all these concepts it's going to introduce us to people from across the caribbean who would have done you know amazingly well um and, and ordinary people normal working class people i'm a full-time full-time telecoms executive um and property investing is my my passion my, my side hustle but it really is something i, I really I, I genuinely enjoy and i really wanted to to develop a podcast where we can showcase the, the journeys of people who were able to do more for their family. Now, in terms of why I invest in property, it's really for, of course, security. Um, it's uh, an opportunity to 
to have more disposable income. It's an opportunity to create a true asset that you can use and leverage later on if it's for a loan for your children to go to school. Um, also because it's something that I can, I can see. And there's so many stages in the property development process. You know, there's the research phase, you know, there is the uh, creative phase, there is the hardcore, you know, in the trenches, real, real detailed numbers stage. Uh, and of course, there's the, the design stage, decoration stage, um, and of course, sales, rental, um, calculating return on investment, calculating rental yield, calculating capital growth. Um, it's it's a broad spectrum which we're all going to cover, you know, in this in this podcast. Um, Separating apart from 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 the house and then the apartment, you know, I was I was buying lots, small lots, um, with the idea like many of the Caribbean people to use later on for retirement. You know, we all, a lot, of, a lot of Caribbean people have this dream that we're going to have land and have apartments later on. And mind those apartments when we're 65. Um, it's, it's a little more, it's a little more challenging than I think most of us actually think. So as I looked, for, I was always on the lookout for land. Every Saturday, I'll go driving. Every weekend, I'll get the papers and I'll look for lots. Um, I had a, a simple criteria. Um, in the north of the island, which was growing, it had to have a, a sea view because I believe sea view from my own comfort level is is almost like my recession buffer. So so when all else fails, um, many people when looking for a property to buy or to rent, if it has a sea view and it's close to the developing part of the island, uh, close to supermarkets, close to cinema, close to the main highway, uh, close to main shopping and restaurants, you kind of have a buffer, um, you know, against a recession. But of course, no plan is foolproof. But that was my sort of sort of criteria um, for looking for for lots. Essentially, I would not go more than fifty to seventy-five thousand US. So between a hundred and Fifty to $170,000, which you can pay back in a loan, a land loan for 10 years. And typically in St. Lucia and other Caribbean islands, you can, you can get, get loans for land uh, in those types of areas with very little security, maybe 5%, or also no money down because the land is used as security. So that was my, my strategy. But as I grew older, and I got to meet more property investors, I realized that buying three, buying three, four plots of land without having them generate any cash or any income was not the best strategy. Um, interestingly, those same investors, seasoned property developers said, but why are you waiting for until you retire at 65? And more than that, how do you know that you're going to live to see 65? And the message was really to, to start doing something on it now if you could. So outside of my, my um, first, my home, 
which is my first investment. Um, I went on to do um, a four apartment block. But even before I speak about that, some people may be asking, okay, well, how did you fund the first one? Um, and it's and it's it's simple. Um, a couple of things. One, you if you're fortunate, you you meet somebody, you have a partner, uh, and you pool your resources. And that partner I'm talking about, you could be it could be a family member, um, it could be a relative, it could be a friend, it could be a straight business partner. Uh, just make sure you have the contracts um, properly developed and signed. Uh, in my case, I guess it was a marriage contract. So you had two income earners um, came together, uh, put in their disposable income as well as the bank credit and you're able to get land and you're able to get a loan of 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 good enough value. Um, uh, an important an important point to note in terms of of how I think um, I don't recommend you know if it's not pure business that a couple who are in a relationship boyfriend and girlfriend actually buy joint property unless you have a company or unless you have you know a structure a legal structure in place uh, because if things don't go well then you have a messy separation whereas if you have a company you know you can probably sell shares you can probably you know have a, 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 a an easier legal path for for divesting or separating you know your shares or stakeholding in it um so there i was with a number of lots um and a house where i lived put in an apartment um but now that i know that it's risky having those lots and not doing anything ending with them and again those lots were funded by mortgages because you're working and you got loans um i was never really you know interested in luxury vehicles or or that type of of lifestyle because i always knew that that it was better to have you know a long-term investment and i always felt that way uh, we have an expression in 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 saint lucia maybe dominica as well another creole speaking islands and the expression is te pakapui means land doesn't rot and it was land will always maintain its value or increase in value unless you know there's some catastrophic catastrophic um, change like a highway passing in the middle of it or a major development or somebody put come to build a poultry farm or a pig farm um, next to you so okay on to the next development so next development I was watching for a number of years it was a 22,000 square foot of lot close to where I live again on the highway the main highway to the north with an amazing sea view I couldn't afford um, to buy the 22,000 square foot of land, square feet of land. Um, so I approached the owner, uh, had some discussions, and they agreed to cut it for me into four lots. And again, um, I bought one lot every six months, and again, loan. But I now recognize that, okay, now that you have these lots in an area where you believe you can get good rental um, potential, good sales if you have to, you need to do something you need to build something on it at the time of i was i was heavily leveraged and and um you know you couldn't get financing so 
you know, I had to go to a tax-free jurisdiction. It was go to a country where there was no income tax, and that would give you a little more, a little more room to negotiate with the bank and more disposable income. It took me more than two years to to get financing, but when I did, you know, we developed four, four two-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath condos, bath condos. Uh, with a view to do eight more. There was that. Um, and then thereafter, I went to, um, I sold, I sold, I sold my first house, uh, recognizing that, you know, I will never again have just a primary place of residence without an income um, suite in it. Uh, and then, then we, it took some time, maybe eight years to convince my, my late wife then, you know, for us to do something different. So we sold the house, bought a lot next door, and then we did something like uh, four floors, seven units, um, but not at the same time, obviously. So because we sold the house, we now could get a new mortgage for a home, our primary place of residence. So we got that mortgage, and over time, we built the other units below. So that went on. Um, and then we built last, last, the, the most, the, the most recent development, which is three units again, designed for two units, but I thought it was an opportunity for rental. So instead of having two, three floor, three bedroom units, we had two, two floor and the last floor, instead of having Instead of having um, two master suites, we join it to make a third apartment. And the objective here always is to create good value, great location, modern, comfortable, desirable accommodation that would rent easily. And that rent obviously must be more than the mortgage. Um, that would help you get some additional disposable income um, and grow. So in a nutshell, that has been the, the property journey. Um, as the podcast goes on, as we interview more guests, you will hear more and more about, more details about about these projects um, as we learn collectively. Um, I really hope that, you know, you can tell a friend and, and share, you know, first episode which really is an introduction um, because there are lots of, of Caribbean people who are just itching and aching to, 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 to make a move, to get to the next level you know, of their own financial journey. Um, things are changing as well. Um, increasingly, and I try, to, I try to get on the cusp of that wave, increasingly a lot of young millennial um, professionals do not necessarily want standalone homes. And more and more you're having condos, multifamily developments, um, becoming more and more popular, more and more desirable. Also, people just don't want the headache of managing a house. Anybody who has a house, standalone, they will tell you it can be you know, quite involved. Maintenance, repairs, um, it's a lot. Moreover, uh, this same millennial uh, professionals, uh, young, upwardly mobile professionals. Some of them actually 
might just prefer to rent only just rent um the money instead of investing in long term and a long-term fixed asset you know as an income in property you may want to use that money for experiences and really live as full a life as possible um, you can't blame anybody for choosing that to be the life's course but if that's not what you want to do then definitely this podcast is for you so feel free to send feedback you know send comments let us know what you're interested in um we will keep on interviewing you know as many people from as far as cayman islands the bahamas texas and caicos all the way down to grenada st vincent um trinidad and even guyana just to share our stories you know to inspire others let people know that there is a way for you to spend more time with your family to own your time um to 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 travel more to see more places to do more to be more uh, and that can be done through property investing if you are committed if you are patient if you are disciplined you know and if you're willing to put in the work the rewards are on the other side so that's all for me um until next time you know look out for us next week where we're going to come up with the caribbean property investing podcast episode two Congratulations and thank you for tuning in to the Caribbean's first property investing podcast. We want to help Caribbean people create wealth and achieve financial freedom through property investing. Our show provides general advice based on personal experiences and is for educational purposes only. For more information, resources, and past episodes, visit us at CaribbeanPropertyInvesting.com. Remember to click the subscribe button so you never miss a show. Let's go.